Bible has a lot to say about the Word of the Lord, and we're going to see that this morning. Uh, the Bibles that we have in our hands this morning, or which you have on your phones this morning, um, are the very Word of God. Now, we're going to be repeating this, but um, you will recall that in Psalm 33, verse 6, it says, By the Word of the Lord the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of His mouth. In other words, when God made the universe, He spoke. And the world came into being, the planets, the stars, the universe, planet Earth came into being by the spoken word of God. And, you know, I'm always impressed when I read that. And, and I understand that there are people in many fields of um, activity of life who can't understand it because they don't understand the power of God and the awesomeness of God. But I'm going to read that verse again, and that was Psalm 33:6. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the hosts of them. And here's the phrase I want you to be remembering, by the breath of his mouth. In other words, when God said, let there be light, there was light. When God said, let there be a firmament or an expanse, the waters divided from the waters, the waters in the uh, sky, the waters in the, on the earth, um, let there be lights in the sky, the sun, moon, and stars. Um, let there be the fish and the fowl. In other words, it says in the same psalm, Psalm 33, verse 9, God spoke, and it happened. That's the power of God. He's an awesome God. And uh, we are handling the Word of God this morning. I'd like you now to go to 2 Timothy 3.16. Every verse that we use this morning is a verse that... Um, reinforces our understanding of the authority of Scripture and the fact that the Bible that you have in your hands is the very Word of God. It's the proper instruction for us, encouragement for us. And, and we'll, we'll see this and we'll see how it is as we go through it. But 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, very important verses. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable for doctrine or for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God or the woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. <clears throat> in other words, <clears throat> the oranges of Scripture is God himself. Now we're going to develop this a little bit more. I put this in your bulletins this morning. When we talk about the authority of Scripture, we're talking about the fact that the authority of Scripture means that all the words in Scripture are God's words in such a way that to disbelieve or disobey any word of Scripture is to disbelieve or disobey God. See, I talked to a man who claimed to be an atheist at the state fair this past year. And he says, well, I, you know, I don't believe in God. I don't believe God exists. And, and I said, well, uh, you know, uh, the God who created our world, and he listened. He did listen. The God who created our world is certainly able to communicate with us that he's there and he can communicate with us, with mankind. And he said, I guess that would be so. That's what he kind of how he responded. And I said, yes, he did. In fact, his word is given to us in what we call the Bible. The Bible is the inspired word of God. Well, I, I will say this. I don't know if he believed it. 
He didn't look as if he did, but he did listen to the fact that the God who created our world by his spoken word has spoken to us in the scriptures. All the words in scripture are God's words. Now that does not mean that the words in scripture are only the words that God had audibly spoken. But the words that we have in all 66 books of the Bible are the words that God wanted us to have so that we could know him, so that we can know who we are, and so that we can walk before him uh, in, in a um, walk that pleases him. Now, I'm going to have you turn to another reference, and then we are going to come back to this. I would like for you to turn with me over to 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21. 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21. These, uh, the... the um, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 and the 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21 are the most foundational verses in Scripture which tell us that the Bibles that we have are the very words of God. The words that God wants us to have. 2 Peter 1, 20 Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture, no word of Scripture is of any private interpretation. Verse 21, for no prophecy ever came by the will of man. In other words, men didn't decide, now I'm going to write what God wants me to write. Uh, I think I know what God wants me to write. That's not how it happened. But set apart men of God, holy men of God, spoke, and they often recorded as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit supernaturally guided the human writers so that they have given to us the very words of God. In Matthew 4.4, 4, uh, perhaps you'll remember this verse very clearly. Jesus was in the wilderness and being tempted by the devil. And uh, Jesus responded to Satan and said when, he, when Satan asked Jesus to Jesus was hungry and fasted for 40 days. He said, well, command the stones to be made bread. You could certainly do that. And Jesus said, it is written. Okay, what's Jesus using? He's using the Old Testament scriptures. You see, there's power in the word of God. Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds, here's that phrase again, from the mouth of God. You see, if you find somebody says, well, I don't know if the Bible is really the word of God. You can take the Word of God, and you can show them that the Bible claims to be. Now, if they want to deny it, they're denying what the Bible says. Jesus said, the Lord Jesus Christ said, that every word proceeds from the mouth of God. So you see how God has control over these human writers as they're writing the things that we have in the 66 books of the Bible. And that's why they're so encouraging to us. And Jesus uh, later said to Satan when he was tempted again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. He quotes from uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6. And then later Jesus said when he was tempted again, he said you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. He, he answers Satan by using Old Testament scriptures. Maybe you've heard this before, maybe not. But the Lord Jesus Christ himself spoke from or quoted from 22 books in the Old Testament. 22! Did he believe the Bible was the inspired word of God? The, the words of his Father in heaven? Absolutely. He used them in his own life and experience. 
he quoted scripture often. And we read back again in uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, which I believe is one of the key passages. If you want to look at it and turn back there one more time, 2 Timothy 3.16. Notice again that it says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now some translations have, it's God breathed. Here we go again. Remember when you look at the word of God? Let the words of scripture register in your minds and thinking. There are times when you read the Bible, you need to really slow down and see what it says. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Some translations, I believe the NIV says, it's breathed out by God. In other words, God had such a control over the human writers that they, write, they wrote only what he wanted in his word, the Bible. So we say then that scripture is a, a product of uh, God's guidance, supernatural guidance over individuals. And scripture is not just inspiring. Sometimes you'll read a book and say, boy, that's very inspiring. Oh, you'll see a, a film or a movie and say, boy, that was really inspiring. It's more than that. It is inspired by God. It's breathed out by God. So would you please remember that term? All scripture is given by inspiration of God. In other words, from the very breath of God, from the very source of God himself, comes the Bible which you have. That's why our confidence is in the word of God. Every book, every chapter, uh, every line, uh, every word, and uh, there are verses that we could look at. We're not going to take the time to look at them. Every word of Scripture in the original, and you say, well, you mentioned in the original, we have translations. Yes, we have translations. We have very accurate translations of the original languages. In fact, in the Dead Sea Scrolls, which were found a number of years ago, and I don't have that statistic in front of me, but we find that the Scriptures that go way back in time we still have the exact, the very minor changes, nothing that changes any of the truth of Scripture. We have the accurate Word of God. All Scripture is God-breathed. And uh, the interesting thing is that the Apostle Peter said, you know, when you look at the writings of the New Testament and you look at the writings of the Apostle Paul, Old Testament, Jesus verified the Old Testament. He quoted often from the the New Testament. The Apostle Peter said that Paul's writings, the Apostle Paul who wrote most of the books of the New Testament, his writings are equal or on par with the other scriptures, meaning the Old Testament scriptures. Now what's interesting about this passage where we believe is clearly given all scripture is God-breathed, what's interesting about this is what do the scriptures do for us? Well, one of the major things that's discussed, and sometimes people read right by it, is found in verse 15 where Paul says to Timothy, young Timothy, that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures that are able to make you wise unto salvation. All right, salvation, being saved from sin, being saved from an eternal hell. Uh, how do you know that can happen in your life? Well, you go to the Word of God. And Paul said, young Timothy, uh, you now have experienced salvation because you have been in the Scriptures. In fact, it's so interesting that uh, um, Paul mentions the fact that Timothy's mother 
and grandmother, grandmother's Lois, mother's Eunice, led him to faith in Christ with the scriptures. See, this, this is encouraging us many ways. Many ways, especially for parents of children. Don't ever underestimate the value of sharing God's word with your children. God will use it in their hearts. You say, well, they may forget what I said. Could happen. But primarily, when you continue to be faithful in using Scripture, Deuteronomy chapter 6, when you walk by the way, when you go to bed at night, when you share God's Word with your children, God may well use that to bring your children to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a verse that highly encourages us to share our faith with those in the family. Faith comes by hearing, Romans 10, 17, and hearing by the Word of God. So don't ever get discouraged. I talked to somebody this morning who said, well, they have an older grandchild, and uh, this older grandchild needed some instruction on going with someone who may not know Christ the Savior. And, of course, you know what the Word of God says. Believers are not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Now, it can happen, uh, that can occur, but primarily if a believer is making a choice, for instance, for a life mate, uh, any believer needs to be very careful that you choose a life mate of someone who already knows Jesus. You know Jesus, and you want to marry someone who knows Jesus. And uh, this grandmother was sharing that, and uh, I said, and I truly believe this, even though she gave some written things, that the grandchild, when the grandchild sees that, it's something the Holy Spirit can use in the life of the grandchild. Very important. So we could say this then. The word of God getting, given by rather human witnesses, you and me, is God's way of bringing people to faith in Christ. Remember, the apostle said, you are my witnesses. You are witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the othermost part of the earth. So what are we saying already this, thus far? We're saying, do not be discouraged. If you have shared your faith, if you have given someone else scripture, they say, oh, they probably forgot all about it. Maybe yes, maybe no. Maybe they have forgotten about it. But keep in mind, if God's working in their hearts and working in their lives, they're probably not going to forget it. John Wesley, many years in the 1800s, was in England, and uh, he would go out and he'd preach in public street meetings. You know, street, as soon as I said that word, street meetings, my home church years ago he used to have street meetings in Camden, New Jersey. Camden, capital of crime in New Jersey. We used to have street meetings in New Jersey. And I went to those street meetings. And I still remember, you know, guys playing the trumpet, somebody sharing the word of God on a street corner right by Woolworths. And uh, we had people come to know Christ. Not a lot, but we did have people come to know Christ. Well, John Wesley, he was uh, out riding on his horse one day, and this man rode up to him, and he said, uh, give me all your money. And, of course, John Wesley he didn't really have that much anyway, but he gave him his money. He robbed them, and uh, they were on horseback, and John Wesley uh, 
allowed this man to ride away with his money. And he said, well, he's riding away. Now, remember, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses from all sin. Well, 30 years later, 30 years later, Wesley's in an outdoor meeting, a street meeting, not in New Jersey, in England, in England. And this man comes up to him and he says, do you remember me? He said, I'm sorry. He said, I'm out a lot and see a lot of people. He says, I'm the man that robbed you 30 years ago. And I never forgot that verse you said, those words. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from sin. And I've accepted now Jesus as my Savior. How awesome is the power of the Word of God. Wow. It's living. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Uh, Go with me quickly over to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. You'll notice there's a group of believers called the Bereans. The Bereans. And the Bereans um, began to hear the teaching of the Apostle Paul. And uh, the Apostle Paul mentioned to them that he was chosen by God to be a representative of God. And the Apostle Paul began to write these New Testament letters that we have. And we read in Acts chapter 17 and verse 10, Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Now, these Christians in Berea were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica. Watch this now. In that they received the word, that is the word of God, the word given by the apostle, with all readiness And they searched the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. Now, that's really important. They searched the scripture. Here here comes the Apostle Paul, and he says, I've seen Jesus Christ. I've been chosen by Christ. Uh, I'm representing Christ. I'm teaching you the ways of God. And the Bereans said, well, what we're going to do, whatever he says, we're going to check it out. With the Old Testament scriptures. You know, it's really important that when you come to a worship service like this, and I open the Bible and I say, okay, it says here all 66 books of the Bible, that you look it up yourself. You check it out. Am I telling you the truth? Did that verse say all scripture is God-breathed? And I didn't have you look at the verse, but doesn't that verse of Scripture say that our worlds were created by the Word of God? Not evolution. Evolution isn't the process that God used to give us our world. He spoke our world into being. You know, this should really encourage us. We have it before us every day. We have the written Word of God. Now, I want to do a couple more things real quick, and we'll close in prayer. You know, the Bible is clear to tell us there are two ways that God has revealed himself. The first way is through the universe, the creation, and that's in Romans chapter 1, where it says the creation testifies of the God who created our world. The second way we can know God, of course, is through the scriptures, special revelation, the written word of God. And both are very important. Both are means by which people can know God. Now, people can come to the conclusion there must have been a God who created our world. Man can't do what God has done. Put the stars in space, made the earth, created man 
with his unique abilities? Man can't do that. So obviously someone could come to the conclusion that there is a God by just looking at creation. Now the interesting thing is we need to keep in mind is that the Bible, again, I'm repeating it, is our final authority. And uh, we, as uh, we understand Scripture, realize that a person can't come to saving faith and have a relationship with God just by looking at the mountains and the rivers and the beauty of the created world and saying, there's a God. That's not enough. A person needs to have the written revelation of God. So God can be known through general revelation and through special revelation. Now here's the point. Sometimes you'll hear people say, well, I've heard some scientific statements that contradict that which is given in the Bible. Stay with me now. Don't lose me. It seems there's contradictions between what some in the scientific community have said and what the Bible says. I'll tell you what. Scrap the scientific thing. You say, boy, I remember that pastor. He said that. He said that. Scrap it. Why? Because the Bible is the inspired word of God. And if there is scientific consensus that teaches something other than what's in the Bible, we do not set the Bible aside. Why? Because the Bible is the written, inspired word of God. And God's revelation in the creation of our world and God's revelation in the word of God, these agree. That's why you can't go wrong. They agree. God's not going to say something in the Bible that's, quote, unscientific. Does that make sense? I need one yes. The Bible, got two. Um, the, the Bible is the uniquely inspired, inspired word of God. Lastly, very lastly, more prayer. We often can say, I know the attributes of God. I, I remember we've had series of studies on the attributes of God. God is holy, he's righteous, he's just, he's true, he's sovereign, he's merciful, he's the God of love. But do you know the four major attributes of the Bible, the word of God? Let's just quickly go over them. We'll close in prayer. The first one is that the Bible is sufficient. In fact, if you use the acrostic scan, S-C-A-N, not scam. You know, your phone comes up and you look at it and it says, you hear it ring and it says, possible scam. So you don't answer it. But the word scan is different. And uh, scan tells us one of the characteristics of the Bible is its sufficiency. In other words, scripture contains everything we need to know about salvation and godly living. And that was seen in that second Timothy 3:16 and 17 passage. Remember, the apostle said, "Timothy, you came to faith in Christ through your mother and your grandmother, and they gave the scriptures to you. Salvation comes when you understand the scriptures. The scriptures tell you you need to know Christ, and they're profitable. You see, they're sufficient. Never underestimate the value of the Word of God. It will build you up. It will help you to grow spiritually. We'll talk more about this later." I would use, again, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. Scriptures make us wise into salvation. And then 3.17, they are complete for every good work. In other words, don't miss this. There isn't any subject that you can think about 
There's any subject, isn't there, in which the Bible doesn't say something about it. You say, well, what about contemporary things that weren't in existence when the Bible was written? Oh, obviously not there. But what about the principles of living? The Bible tells us how to live, how to forgive others, how to control anger last Sunday, how to please the Lord. The Apostle Paul said, I want to live daily to please God. The sufficiency of Scripture. S quickly, S-C-A-N. Secondly, clarity. I realize, and let me agree with you, there are some portions of Scripture that are kind of difficult to understand, like some passages in the book of Revelation. But don't miss this. The Bible is clear on salvation. Even children, someone mentioned this morning, saved at age eight. I think I was younger when I came to know the Lord. And I knew, I knew that I had sinned and needed Jesus as my Savior. You see, the Bible has clarity, S-C, clarity. That's why um, Moses told the people of Israel, take the words that I command you and teach them diligently to your children. It is amazing what children can learn about Scripture. It is absolutely amazing. Don't hold it back from them. I, you hear every once in a while, you hear a parent say, well, you know, I have a child, and I'm going to let that child decide uh, what route to go. No, no, no. We have responsibilities as parents to raise our children to know the Creator God who loves us and sent His Son to give His life for us. Sufficiency, clarity, authority. It's the last word, always, the Word of God. We should never allow the teachings of science, of human experience, of church councils to take precedent over the scriptures. You see, sometimes people say, well, the church teaches this. It's interesting. The question is, what does the Bible say? See, the Bible is the highest authority. John 17, 17, Jesus said, thy word is truth. And by the way, Dr. Walford at the seminary, president of Dallas Seminary, he used to say, every once in a while you have somebody say, oh, there's errors in the Bible. And uh, when somebody says that, you know what you should say? You say, hey, let me see one. Show me one. And he used to say to us, if you can't answer it right away, all you have to say is give me a chance to get it checked out. Be honest. I don't know the answer right now. I can check. There are no errors in the Bible. Please remember that. Why? Because we started out. All Scripture is God-breathed. So have tremendous confidence in the Word of God. Lastly, necessity. Again, we need God's word to tell us how to be saved, to know who Jesus is, and to know how to live the Christian life. The word of God is absolutely awesome. So let me, let me do this by way of encouragement for you. If you've been neglecting your Bible and you're not being blessed by some verses of Scripture, get blessed this week. Start today. Open your Bible. Start reading. Find things that will encourage you spiritually and lift you up in your walk before the Lord. The word, Remember Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. So if you can look back and say, Oh, this past week I had three meals a day. I really enjoyed the meals and food that I had. But I really didn't read God's word that much. Maybe the Lord is saying to you, Man shall not live by bread alone, 
but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Your Bible is the inspired word of God. God gave it to us, and he wants us to enjoy it. And remember, when you share it, remember the first verse we looked at? God never allows his word to return void. If you share it with somebody, God will use it in their hearts and lives. Let's pray together.